Right. And why why do you want to make a bench of all things? Like you didn't think armchair, you didn't think you know, like maybe a new bed. Like you can make a Leafs themed bedroom set for yourself if you're gonna start thinking furniture. I'm holding. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so just a bed frame. Dressers. We already know the color code for Leafs Blue. So I'm just saying. Why not? No, 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 no. You make it out of wood and then you stain it or paint it, apparently, is what you're supposed to do with these things. I'm not much of a craftsman. Okay. Now you'll have a bench to go with the fire pit. Ah. It's a nice backyard. Uh-huh. Okay. That's a pretty good idea, man. I'm a fan. Fantastic. Yeah, I like it. I approve. So I've got a neat story. Do you know who comedian Ron Funches is? Yeah, that's a shame. He's very funny. Uh, Ron Funches is, um, he's a comedian. He is responsible. Yo, Sills in our chat. That's unreal. Uh, what's going on, Sills? It's been a minute. Ron Funches is, um... A very funny comedian who is responsible for the funniest thing I've ever seen on television. F-U-N-C-H-E-S. Ron Funches had a line, something along the lines of like, on a show called At Midnight. Did you ever watch At Midnight? Yeah, but you know it. The comedians and... Oh, Harry Bossax is here! Bing pop. Amazing. No, dude, he's, he's right on time. Okay, so Ron Funches, comedian. Funniest line I've ever seen. Chris Hardwick on At Midnight is eliminating one of the female contestants and then says, you know what? There are too many men in late night television. I'm going to uneliminate you because he can do that because it's his show, right? And everyone's like, woo, female empowerment, bring her on. And then Ron Funches, who's black, says, right before we go to the final round, I just want to remind you all about slavery. And it is to date, the hardest I have ever laughed at anything on TV. Like, I don't know why. It just was in the moment, right? Me and my roommate at the time are rolling on the ground laughing at this. 
and we had to pause the TV. We had to like, like just hold on. We got to compose ourselves to finish watching this. Anyway, on Friday night, turns out Ron Funches has a Twitch channel. And he's streaming, and it just pops up on my thing. And I'm like, what? So I hang out in Ron Funch's stream. I tell him that he's responsible for the funniest thing that I've ever seen on television. And he's like, no way. What was it? And I'm like, it was that line. And he's like, I don't remember saying that ever. So I had to dig up the clip and show it to him. And he played it on stream. And as he saw it, he's like, really? That was a throwaway line. That is the funniest you have ever laughed on TV. And I'm like, okay, fine, I get it. But, like, bottom line, man, I got to talk to the guy who made me laugh harder than anybody has ever made me laugh on television. It... Thank you. I was. It's really helpful when you have a timer ticking down telling you how long you have. And on that note... I pressed it. <laughs> Hello. I like that. Um, I'd hit the button already, which is good. I know. I need to figure out how to make you hear the button when I hit the button, because I can give it a quick bing pot. Bing pot. Can't hear caveman. Hold on. This whole time I've been talking to the caveman and you haven't been able to hear him? Well, this... What do you mean? This is setting up to be our best show ever. Should I fix my settings? Like, this whole time we were having a really intense conversation and nobody could hear you? Uh, hold on, caveman. I'm gonna fix you real quick. One of these days we're gonna have a show with no technical issues whatsoever. Caveman, say hello! Hello. I'm kind of disappointed that uh, I lost my entrance, you know? Hold on, I kind of hold don't on, hold do on, hold thing. on. I have an idea. I have an idea. Okay? Just bear with me. Okay? What's going on, everybody? Hold on. We have to redo our, our intro for a hot second. Uh, okay, Paul. Here you go. Tell you what. We'll give you 10 seconds. Boom. And, uh, yeah, so I met the man who had made me laugh the hardest on television. Wow, what a quick and concise story, Danny. Hey. And you know what's nice about having a timer, Danny? What's that, Paul? Ooh, welcome to the Leafs FanCast. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I am your host, Paul the Caveman Cabaretta. To my left, virtual left, that is, is my right-hand man, Mr. Danny Mags. How are you Air doing, Danny? Air horn! <laughs> Uh, able to hear this air horn. I can't hear it's, it. It's not going to happen unless you're like also... Did he punch you in the face? Wow, stream. already people are noticing it. Eh? I don't think we were going to go too long before people realized that something happened to my face. It's a great story. I can't wait to tell you about it. But that won't be today. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, what? Hold on. New Music Inferno met me when I stopped in at Ron Funches. <laughs> Amazing. Nice. Look at that. Amazing. What? How did that ruin Sill's evening? Oh, because we're not talking about how I got this beautiful oh, shiner. Um, uh, yes. All right. So, New Music Inferno, I don't know you too well, but uh, maybe you're a hockey fan. And if you are a hockey fan, this is the place to be. 
on Mondays, it is, as Paul was saying, the Leafs Fancast, where we talk about... Live on Twitch TV. Where we talk about... The, the Leafs. It's it's a Leafs show. You play NHL 21 on your stream, too. Hmm. Nice. All right, fun fact. I don't really play NHL 21 because I'm not particularly good at it, but this is something we could explore down the way. In fact, Paul, are you good at NHL 21? Or, yes like, are no? you bad enough that it would be really funny to watch us go head-to-head? Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we'll no, do it. Okay. It. Like, I'm good enough that I can score, like, 100 goals and, like, a, be a pro season. But at the same time, I'm not good enough to score, like, five in an ECHL season. So, Interesting. I uh, also live in Vegas. So well, we now have a Knights fan. The Vegas Golden Knights, we have a Knights fan and a Kings it. fan. Uh, Harry Bossax is an LA Kings fan. And so if you and uh, New Music Inferno want to just start virtually punching each other in the chat, I, I would welcome some NHL hockey talk. Ooh, they friended but didn't follow. I'm going to let them get into a thing here, okay? Uh, yeah, we are here. It is a Leaf is. show. We're going to start off talking about the Toronto Maple Syrups as we get going. Uh, we start every show by recapping the last week of action. So the Leafs played in three games, all in Alberta, one against the Flames, two against Edmonton. They beat Calgary last Tuesday, 4-3. to three. That told us two things. One, Matt Kachuk is a little bitch. And two, Mitch Marner knows how to snipe. Uh, he had the game winner in that one. Wayne Simmons on fire as well. Wayne Simmons providing a physical spark on uh, Thursday for the Edmonton Oilers 4-3 loss to the Leafs. And uh, then they got the last laugh when the Edmonton Oilers uh, pulled up a W on Saturday, 4-3. to yeah. In a Honor game where... Connor McJesus looked like Connor McJesus, but more importantly, Freddie Anderson actually looked like a proper goaltender for the first time all season. Caveman, how you feeling? Bro, I hate late games. Can we just talk about, like, I work in the trades. I got to get up at 6 in the morning. Yeah. I can't stay up past 10 p.m. watching a Leafs game. It's just... It's killer, buddy. You know what, man? Like, this is the thing. For anybody, because you guys in the West Coast, you'll have to deal with this when your teams go to the East Coast and you're like, what the hell is a 4.30 p.m. start? Trust me, Vancouver fans love that. We have a weirder situation where we've got to stay up late at night when our team shows up on your coast. Um, That being said, Paul, if you don't want to watch... If you don't want to watch games late... I messed this up. If I don't want to watch late games, I have to quit. If you do want to watch late games, get out of the Uh, trades. Bottom line is, if you want to be a hockey fan on the East Coast and see everything that your team does, get out of the trades. Yeah, That is my advice for you. Also, just uh, some low-key breaking news. Tony D'Angelo is trying to get traded from the... Of course he's trying to get traded. We (laughs) were going to dive into the Tony D'Angelo news. Uh, If you guys... The Rangers fans watch the Rangers lose the cup to the Kings at like 3.30 in the morning. You know what? <laughs> That's true. I was in LA for that game. And I do remember it was like, I went out at like the second intermission to go get pizza. And the pizza place 
like my local pizza place in um, in LA, in North Hollywood. The guys were from New York, and I went in and was like, are you watching the hockey game right now? And they had no idea what was going on. So clearly their priorities were elsewhere. But that's right. I remember that win. Okay, bye, Paul. It's been a lot of fun having you here. Oh, I see. We just want to make sure that we frame this up properly. Excellent. A lot of love for Phil the Thrill. Good luck. Always got to keep him in the rear view, you know? Okay. Remember that he used to be on this team. Yeah, we all remember. He was great. Let's talk, Very unfortunate. Yes, let's talk. I want to know how you're feeling about this team. Three games, three Mm -hmm. close games, and the Leafs uh, 7-2-1 to start the season. So uh, that's got to have you feeling phenomenal, right? Hockey is been fun. I haven't had much to complain about, though. Well, no. you like to just kind of come up with things to complain about. Like, that's kind of your... I don't come up with things to complain about. I find. I nitpick. Okay? You want to talk about nitpicking? I'm going to throw out my buddy Ted's name right now. I was on a call with him on my way home from work, and he said this. And I quote. And you quote. I hope, I hope he watches this. And I quote. I know I'm nitpicking, but why can't the Leafs win 4-1 instead of 4-3? Have you tried telling your friend Ted to shut up just as an idea? Like, I mean, a W is a W. Here's how I'm feeling no, listen, right now. Listen, hey, a win's a win. Yeah, I know. But at the same time, I kind of agree, you know? Why Bro. Why do I gotta Why do I gotta have a heart attack every time I watch the Leafs? Because that's how this works. Listen, the Leafs are 7-2-1. and one. They are leading their division. This is unusual for us. And the best part is they have not even looked that great. And they're still 7-2-1. and one. They're finding ways to pull out Ws, but I'm not actually saying they're getting lucky. Like, they're winning. They're just making their job a little bit more difficult than they have to. But they're winning. And so imagine okay. when this team actually gets good. Imagine. Yeah. They're okay, going I- to be friggin' phenomenal. Okay, then are they not looking that great and winning? Does that make the Canadian division weaker than everybody else? Like, I need to understand okay. why it is that the Leafs are able to be powerhouses in this division. Because but we thought this division was going to be like playoff games, playoff games, playoff games. All these teams are in the fight for the like for the for the chance to make the playoffs. Yeah. But already we're seeing Ottawa's fizzled out very okay. quick. You know what I'm going to say, right? Hey, go ahead. Like, you made fun of me last week because this is all I like to say. I hate <laughs> it's to do fine. It. Guys, it's fine. Guys, guys, it's fine. It is February 1st. The season started on what, January 12th, give or take. And time has lost all meaning. Oh, that's sick product placement for Tim Hortons. Nicely done on that. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. That was, that was a good one. Ed. The point is here. Um, has Ottawa fizzled? No. Ottawa just hasn't looked good. And I, I guess this makes sense that we're going to start off talking about the Canadian division. Uh, Ottawa, they fizzled. But I don't think the division's that bad. I think the Leafs have actually been that good. We talk about a short-up defense. Here in Toronto, we stress about the Leafs' D. And yet, finally, that third pairing of Bogosian and whoever's on his side actually looks like they're handling things well enough that the pressure is off of the top two pairings a little bit. They're playing responsible hockey. You've got to be feeling good. 
Yeah, yeah, but it, the how do I explain this to you in terms that you will understand? A great quote from the movie, the book, the reality Moneyball mm. is nobody cares about what you did in the regular season if you lose the last game. And that's going to be a problem if we get out of this division and in the top four. I don't think and that's we get true. Swept. I don't think that's true. I think in the context of Moneyball, sure, but why? Why are you dumping on my parade right now? It's not about dumping on your parade. Listen, I think the Leafs look great. I agree. I think the Leafs look great. I don't but think they look great. I think they look okay, and yet they're still winning. I'm excited because okay, they will look great. But then that's the problem because if they're not going to get the 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 contention from these other teams then when it actually is going to matter against teams that aren't these other teams, we're going to come up short. And if we come up short, who are we going to blame but the division? What, are you going to blame the Leafs that, hey, there were powerhouses in their division, but what, you guys can't compete against other powerhouses? Hey, well, first of all, divisions? first of all, the first time the Leafs or any team in the NHL is going to play a team outside their division this year is going to be in the conference final. So by that point, I just want to make sure I'm understanding you here, because by that point, they'll have won two playoff rounds. And if the Leafs get bounced by even, even if the Leafs get bounced by the Boston Bruins in the conference final, they will still have made it to the conference final. And I don't think anybody in Toronto is going to look back at a season if we make it to the conference final and say, oh, it sucked. Never mind the fact the world's going to be back to normal by then, hopefully, and everybody's going to be in a great Fingers goddamn crossed. mood. So I want to know why, when the Leafs are playing well, Caveman, or not playing as well as they could be, but when they're winning hockey games and looking resilient, you look at me and say they're not going to make it against any other team in the playoffs outside of this division. No, I'm not saying that they're not going to. I Sounds just, like that I'm... what he was saying. I'm trying to bring up the point that if the Canadian division is weaker, and we can not we can agree Ottawa's off to a slow start. Vancouver's mm. off to a slow start. Edmonton can only win a game if McDaddy and Dreisaitl carry, carry them to a victory, right? If they show up to play, they'll win a game. Vancouver's off to a slow start. I think I already said that. Mm -hmm. Calgary's off to a slow start. I already said that. It, the, the four of the seven teams in this division have started slow. Winnipeg started uh, surprisingly fast, and Montreal has looked great. Montreal has looked great against bad teams. So I want to kind of get this out of the way because a lot of people are talking hype about Montreal, and I asked you yesterday while we were prepping for this show, Paul, is Montreal actually good? Because of my stance here... Good. I know that you think they're okay, but my stance here is that they have just Ugh. looked okay against bad teams. Like, we see this every year where a team comes out of the gate hot. We've seen it with the Buffalo Sabres. We've seen bad teams open the season and fizzle out. And I, how do you not think Montreal is in that boat when they don't have any kind of proof that their centers, Suzuki and Kokaniemi, they don't have any proof that they can play over a full season with a level of consistency? Okay, let's take Buffalo. If you're going to compare them to Buffalo, we'll compare them to Buffalo. Let's start there. 
what did Buffalo have when they went on their eight and no run to start the season last year or last year or two years ago, whatever it was. Yeah. Time has lost. All they meaning. had, yeah. Yeah. Time has lost all meaning. Oh, Jesus. They had a franchise center in Jack Eichel. Yeah. With exactly who played behind him. Uh, Casey Middlestat who fizzled out. Uh, insert player here. Yep. Uh, and that one guy from the AHL. And Risto right? on the back end, if you want to give a and shout out. And Risto Lion on the back end, yeah. Um, well, Jeff young... Skinner, but still. Yeah, and Jeff Skinner, Jeff Skinner, and uh, Sam Reinhart, who's only... Who's... Sam Reinhart is equal to Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Not bad, but without Eichel, where is he really, right? Yeah. So, they then have Zach Bogosian, who they bench and send down to the minors, who then goes to win a Stanley Cup in Tampa. Thank you very much, mm-hmm. Buffalo. You then have Rasmus Ristolainen, who was young and picking up his form, and he's still young and still getting into form, right? They opened last and season nine and three, by the way. Nine and three, okay. They actually good. opened their season ten and four, and then went on to lose like six in a row. Yeah, okay. And they had Rasmus Dahlin, who is a very young up and comer, with also Carter Hutton and Linus Ulmark as your goalies. Okay, so what are you, okay. what are you trying to say? So now let's take that team, yeah, and let's compare them, okay? You have a solid defensive core with Shea Weber, Ben Sherratt, Jeff Petrie, Victor Mete. Victor Mete? Yeah. And this new kid in Alexander Romanov, who at this time in Darlene's career, he did not look this good. We got those guys. Okay. Now you look at their goaltending. Carrie Carter Price Hutton. Carter Hutton. Right. Carey Price. Ah, yeah, tough one. Pretty tough much a one. wash. Pretty much a tough wash. One. Tough one. I'll give it to Carey Price in this one. Yeah, and then Jake Allen. Pretty much a wash, right? but yeah, you can give it to Carey yeah, Price. Okay. Sure. And now let's look at the forwards. Okay, Jack Eichel, the god franchise center, one of my favorite players in the NHL right now. Eichel. And you have a team of forwards who probably is most like. If I had to compare him to someone, I'd probably compare him to the Columbus Blue Jackets. They're tough. They're yeah. not the biggest, but they're tough. They like to hit. Can and you go an entire episode without making a comparison to the Columbus Blue Jackets? Just curious. never. Excellent. Absolutely not. They're a great team. Okay, so what you're saying is they, even though they're beating up on bad teams, they're not beating up on bad but teams. They are though, because you just mentioned that everybody in our division except for Montreal is off to a slow start. So what that yeah. tells me is that Montreal hasn't actually played a fully realized Edmonton Oilers okay. team. It but hasn't played has a full... This is the problem here. If we could have 56 games of Toronto versus Montreal, I'd be okay with them going into the playoffs, but they're not. They're getting 56 games of Ottawa, uh, Edmonton, uh, Vancouver after what the hell they did in Ottawa and everybody else. I don't know what they're doing. You see that score from yesterday, by the way? Eight, Which five. Uh... Oh. Ottawa versus the Canucks. Oh, God. <laughs> like, I... Okay, so you actually think Montreal is for real? I think Montreal is absolutely for real. And I'm I'm going to ask you this question, mm. okay? And this is probably why you don't understand exactly why I think this. Mm-hmm. Where do you have Nick Suzuki in this division as a centerman? Because I'll tell you right now, wherever you have them, it's too low. Wherever you have Nick Suzuki... Is too low. Is Nick Suzuki the best centerman currently on the Montreal Canadiens? A hundred percent. 
100%. Defensively, I'd probably still give it to Deneau. Yeah. But with offense and defense, and offensively, Kakanemi's pretty good. Like, but offensively but and defensively responsible, Suzuki is the best centerman. Because I'm, I'm not arguing his potential, but you're going to tell me that right now he's there? He's over Deneau in terms of overall anything? Then why, why think, isn't he think, anchoring the line with Gallagher? Because I think that there, I believe, uh, what's his name? Bruce, not, uh, Boudreaux. Boudreaux? Bo- Claude, no, Claude Julian. Claude Sorry. Julian. Sorry, they look identical. Yeah, they don't actually, but it's my... Uh, Claude Julian yeah. is using that Deneau and Gallagher line with, I think it's Drouin on the wing. I'm not too certain. Okay. Um, as a defensive matchup because Gallagher is defensively responsible. Deneau is de- de- defensively responsible. And they can be offensively productive with um, a third party on the line without losing too much. So, so then my question is, how are you, but also score? Right? How are you going to say that Nick Suzuki is the best center on that team when, because they're, it's shel- a when they're sheltering him? They're not sheltering him. Well, you just said they're going to give more responsibility against top matchups to the Dino No, line. because the no matches up against Matthews, and who do you think gets Tavares? It's not Kotkaniemi. But that's that's got nothing to do with the Habs and more to do with the Leafs being that deep. No, hold up. Your problem your your problem here I just, is well, you are thinking your top centers have to play against other top centers. And that is an incorrect way of thinking. Okay? Mike Babcock was a big fan of matching lines. Okay. Right. Very big fan. You remember this. Yeah. Right? Do you think in his in his rookie season, Austin Matthews was the best defensive player on the team? No, no but, but, but in his rookie, in his rookie season, player. was I going to call him our best center in his rookie year? Really? You still wouldn't have Austin Matthews as our best center against Tyler Bozak and Nazem Kadri? In, in our his, first year? I would say that season. he's still a rookie. Like In his 40-goal rookie season, you have... Austin Matthews below Nazem Kadri. I want you to say it. And Tyler Bozak. I want you to say it so I can laugh at you. Yeah, I mean, I think you're pigeonholing my argument a little bit. But I, I... That year, when Matthews was anchoring the top line, I guess that kind of says it, huh? There you go. Um, I kind of see what I'm you're not saying. disagreeing with you. But also, I mean, no, but but to put Austin Matthews in the same boat as Nick Suzuki, like, if you want to break down this argument, which is which, like, where are the top centers? So like, So Nick Suzuki, let's just, do you put him on top of Mark Shifley? Argumentatively, I could. You could see I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. But I could see him being better than Mark Shifley. I'm just, in the future, let's go through, let's go through every team in the division. Okay, I I don't even know who you call the top center in Ottawa. Okay, easy. McDavid, one. Right. Dreisaitl, two. Matthews, three. Right? Here's, like, team by team. Vancouver has what? Pedersen and Horvat. Where do you put, do you put Suzuki above Pedersen and Horvat? I put him above Horvat, not Pedersen. Okay, so that's fine. Calgary. Uh, Who's the number one pivot in Calgary? Are we... Elias Lindholm. And number two is Sean Monaghan. And I put him above both of them. Even Monaghan? Way above Monaghan. Okay. Monaghan has been carried by Goudreau. He's okay. the most okay. overrated Okay, okay, okay. Go ahead. But he's not above McDavid, and he's not above Dreisaitl. Absolutely not. He's There's not no... above Tavares, and he's not above Matthews. No. You you could make the argument for Shifley, 
if you really want to. I won't. So I'm going to say Shifley is hands down right now a better center than Nick Suzuki. Yes, at least okay. with his offensive with his offensive capabilities and the fact that he will be matched up because of his coach, he will be matched up against top lines. I can give it to Mark Shifley. Pedersen, However, Pedersen, they're interchangeable. Pedersen and I even want to say right now in this moment in time, Bo Horvat 100% ahead of Nick Suzuki. At I this moment in time. Maybe you're you may be right. So either but way, we have we have Nick Suzuki. Arguably, we have Nick Suzuki because I have Patterson at number five in the division. I will have Nick Suzuki at six or seven. You have him at eight, right? Uh, Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Let's sure. So Goudreau to Philly rumors heating up, really? Eh, that's what they're saying now. We're gonna talk about Philly in a bit because I gotta give some love to my newly acquired fantasy stud, James Van Riemsdyk. Um, mm. James Van Riemsdyk had four assists last night. Ugh, get over it. You traded Brock Besser for him. I, when you, when you say it like that, it, it takes, <sighs> the, it yeah, takes no, the picture the inaccurately. Player. It takes anyway. the picture inaccurately. I made a mistake anyway. drafting. Anyway, I reclaimed a draft pick, by the way, by dealing Brock Besser, who I shouldn't have drafted in the first place because I already had a full slot of right wingers. I had to move him, so... I could get Pasternak back off the IR. I recouped my draft pick, the same one that I spent on him. Everything's fine. It was a good move, and JVR came back the other way, too. Mint. It's a risk. It's a gamble, but he's off to one of the hardest starts of his career, so, like, I'm going to take it for now. Anyhow, um, the Canadian division— So I'm arguing that Nick Suzuki is a fringe top-five center in this division, which has probably the best centers out of every division. I can I can argue that pretty easily. I'll, I I yeah I'm not gonna fight you on that I can you can argue it sure and I would let you um but Suzuki's a top a fringe top five center in this division yeah he is the real deal he makes I just he's not Montreal better when he's on the ice uh, and he's only gonna get better yeah and I and and he's quickly quickly becoming one of my favorite players, not only to watch, but in the league, which fucking breaks my heart. Hmm. Excuse my language. Because he's on the Montreal Canadiens. Well, I think that's a good thing. I think we were talking about this last week, is I want Montreal to be good. When Montreal's mm-hmm. good, I hate Montreal. When Montreal sucks, I cheer for Montreal because it feels wrong if they're not good. <laughs> Goudreau is the agent. There's no doubt in my mind he doesn't resign. Sounds a lot like uh, Line A and... Uh, you know what? Actually, while we're talking about Calgary, that's a great segue. Because you want to talk about everybody wants out. Yeah, what's going on here? Sam Bennett wants out of out of Calgary. Yeah. Line and Roslevic already got out of Winnipeg. We're hearing Goudreau wants out of Calgary. Okay. Mete doesn't want to be in Montreal. What's wrong with Canadian teams? What's so, going on? I don't even think it's just Canadian teams. I have too much pressure. It's not that. Let me let me actually address that first, because, like, I mean, we obviously do give a lot more attention in each respective Canadian market to these teams uh, than you would certainly in, in L.A. And, and in most other Canadian places, uh, American places. I, there are some players that have a problem with that. I don't think that's the case here. I have a weird theory, Paul, mm-hmm. um, and it, it's kind of tied into quarantine and stuff. But here's a weird idea. I'd like you to entertain it. Right now, when everybody is locked down, everybody has been doing a lot of thinking. 
I'm sure you have. I know I have. And everybody, I, I shouldn't say everybody, but there are people that are in an existential crisis that are thinking like, what am I really doing with my life right now? Should I be putting all this time into Twitch? Should I be really trying to flex my muscles in a creative environment like this in the middle of a pandemic? Or should I go out trying to do something actually meaningful with my life and not just hang on to, anyway, it doesn't matter. The people that aren't happy Too real. in their teams, think about all the time that these people have away from the rink to actually think about their situation. And these are people from varying age ranges, but like for the most part, young 20 year olds, 20 somethings that are saying, is this really where I envisioned my career? Is this really where I wanted to be? Am I being fulfilled? Did I picture myself in a better market when I was in junior? Like all the existential pressure is on all of us. So I'm just wondering if that's teams or players reevaluating their situation and saying, nope, I want something different with my life and then going out and getting after it. I have an argument as to why this is happening. Spoiler alert. Two. Paul has an argument. Two. Oh, I don't. I he has two arguments. two arguments here. I got two ideas. One. I'm waiting. The NBA's popularity and t- players jumping from team to team, like it doesn't even matter mm-hmm. where their allegiances lie because it doesn't in the NBA, is starting to now bleed over to NHL stars thinking I'm better than this team. I can leave and they kept it. Then they have to do deal with it. Right. And you know what? Most of the times they do. I mean, they are human beings. You have a point. Maybe the Canadian teams are well known about. Hmm. Or well known just because they're in Canada and way more media attention up there. I, I agree. No, he, that's a hundred percent correct. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, look, I, and, and actually that's line A's reason for wanting out of Winnipeg. Yeah. Is uh, sorry. It, sorry. Not line A's reason no. for wanting out of Winnipeg. But Dubois' reason for wanting out for of Columbus. wanting into into right uh, or because, out of uh, Columbus. because he would like to be on a bigger stage. I mean, it's yeah. all relative. There are plenty of NHL players who would rather be unknowns in a market like Florida. I my brother used to cover he didn't cover the Leafs. I think he got into the locker room a few times doing stuff for the fan. But I like Steve Weiss, who played for Detroit and Florida. Like Florida was ideal for him because he didn't want spotlight and pressure. So, sorry, now that you brought up Line, I have to mention it. Did anybody read the story where Blake Wheeler and Mark Shifley basically bullied Patrick Line? No. So, apparently, there were reports saying that they were throwing sand at or in his skates uh, and basically bullying him to play the left wing because Blake Wheeler didn't want to lose his spot as captain on the first line. Uh, This is the first I'm hearing of this. Yeah, I, well, I, I was doing a bit of reading because clearly line A matters to me now. So, Like how was, Brady Kachuk bullies Stutzel. Um, okay. Absolutely. That just, was amazing. Just, just... Wait, oh, did I miss? What happened between Brady Kachuk and Stutzel? No, no, no. He just chirped him when uh, when he fell during uh, the skate. He's like, out of oh, boy, yeah. Stutzy. Yeah. And I just, they have it. Uh, if you watch um, – on YouTube, the uh, NHL weird NHL whatever. Yeah, yeah. he calls him Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> um, that's funny. I'm thinking that. I, I mean, it, it. We know that NHL teams are problematic, in certain ways. Um, bullying. I don't like the word. You know. What's the real intent there? I mean, that sounds kind of shitty. And it clearly, Patrick Laine wasn't happy 
and maybe it was just not the right locker room for him, and maybe this is just politics. That's fair, but I, I have, I have a secondary idea because people like talking about the luxury tax and all that, and why they should bring it into the NHL, the NHL where you can spend over the cap up to a certain amount and pay extra, whatever it is, right? Sure. Or one player exempt from your NHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever. Why do they not abide by state rules in the U.S., Canada, wherever, and have taxes not count towards contracts? How has that idea not come up yet? Um, Because it's, I mean... <laughs> Does that mean the Canadian teams have a different salary cap for Canadian dollars? Yeah, I think no, Line it, is going to it's... blow up in Columbus in all the right ways. Absolutely, Harry Bosak. I compared him to the next <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin physically. Hey, wait, caveman, real quick. Give me a hot take right now. Okay, hot take. I don't know. Oh, I got one but here. Ryan's asking what? for hot takes. Give the man something. At Ryan Starfire, you want a hot take? Okay. Frederick Anderson has been looking human, and that is a problem. All right. He is sub 900. Gloves are and coming it makes off. Absolutely no sense how we keep talking about there's no goalie controversy. There is a goalie controversy. I know it's a joke. I understand. But why is Jack Campbell doing so much better statistically than Frederick Anderson? Yes, he is. Are you done? Oh, hot cakes. Are you done? Yeah, I got hot cakes for you too. Go ahead. Jack Campbell's numbers are better because he played two terrible teams. Frederick Anderson. God, I need to figure out how to make these arguments without saying the word it's early. Um, Frederick Anderson, statistically, don't look at it. Don't look at the line. Okay, because here's yeah, what really here's win, what really right? matters. When you watched that game against Edmonton on Saturday, were you confident? I was confident. Freddie Anderson looked like he was doing it right. Sorry that Connor McDavid is so good that he can just cut through four Leafs players and score. I'd rather focus on the big save at the end of regulation where Freddie Anderson directly earned the Leafs a point. I am now as a fan feeling confident that Freddie is in net. He's looking better every game. There is no issue. See, and I disagree. Yeah, you're allowed to be wrong. No, I'm allowed I'm allowed to be right. I was right about mm. Ottawa. Mm. I was right about Montreal. He's right about right Ottawa, about he says, three weeks into the season. Just wait. Just wait. Just wait. You need to understand. Three weeks into the season, eight weeks into the season, end of the season, it doesn't matter. What matters is time and place. And the time and place right now, Freddie is sub 900. Period. Harry! Harry knows! It's early! It's early is what he's saying. No, he's not. That's, I'm sorry, I mean, the, 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 the capital lowercase thing, I can understand why you're doing that, but, you know, I'm not wrong. Ottawa and Edmonton hey, aren't making the playoffs. Ottawa's probably not. Edmonton might be. Edmonton, Vancouver, Winnipeg. Pick one of those three for the fourth spot. 
Yeah, we'll see if Calgary. Calgary's Calgary has been underachieving, and I don't know what's going on with them. Um, I swear, man, but, when these teams end up beating up on each other and going on runs that are amplified by the fact that everybody's in the same division, I'm going to be sitting back here saying, hey, man, I told you it was early. Montreal or Vancouver winning the division? Come on. No. Vancouver takes pretty rough. Um, <laughs> Montreal, maybe, but Vancouver, not really. I can't see it. Hard, Unless maybe. Patterson does it. Uh, Montreal looks strong. Agree with Ryan. Ryan, you missed us talking Again. about Montreal already, but uh, I, I was of the opinion that it's far too early to get invested in Montreal beating up on bad teams. Paul disagrees. All right, since my, since my Kings fans are here, maybe they can agree with me when I say, first of all, Anze Kopitar looks to be in MVP form. First of all. Secondly, Nick Suzuki reminds me of a younger Anze Kopitar. Changed my mind. I mean, yeah, but 12 assists, Harry. Like, who cares? Like, I'm just saying, man. Uh, Nick Suzuki, like in the young Anze Kopitar... Okay, well, more like I'm just trying to appeal to them, but more like a Bergeron than a. Than a he's admitted that he's pandering. Eh, one time, one. It's okay to pander once in a while. I can, I can one time pander. Hey, listen, is it's his game? It's his four game seven and a hundred pounds. Four oh. foot seven. Wow. Yeah. Sounds like my. He's a my little stat. guy that makes plays and is defensively responsible. He's like Mitch Marner, but not like Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner <laughs> is always the best player. Absolutely, Ryan. So. Anyways, hmm. back to Freddy. Back to okay? Freddy. I don't care. I, I I I'm done with the it's early. Again, you're very you're very like steer the ship, calm, you know it's early. You have you know to what? be. You know what? When you get on a ship, let's go with this. Let's see where this takes me. If you get on a ship, okay, and the waters look stormy, are you gonna keep going and just be like, oh, it's early in the trip. It'll lighten up. Yeah, probably. No. Pro probably. You turn back. What, what? You wait it out, and then you figure it out after that. Well, how, if there's what, a second all, boat and what? a second path that looks skies are clear ahead, you maybe take that. A one. second path? Have you ever been on a boat? You just <laughs> it's the water. It's not like I got a fork in the road. Am I going left or right? Come, like, so I, halfway there, then decide, decide to turn, to turn around. around. See, now you're just wasting time. No, Harry. no. What? Don't waste time. First of all, I have more questions about your analogy. How far in the water was I when it got stormy? Was I a day out? Is it a whole day back? Or am I still on the docks trying to make a decision? There are a lot of variables that you haven't really spoken to. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> I'm I'm just... How long is the trip? Life of Pi. See, you don't want to get stuck in a Life of Pi situation. Okay. okay. Life of Pi, but instead of right a tiger... Instead of a tiger, you're trapped on the raft with Wayne Simmons. Big boy Wayne Simmons. Uh, I said I wanted him to fight the refs after that brutal game on uh, Thursday against Edmonton where the officiating was just, oh. Like, didn't you just want to send him down to the league office and be like, just, just tell them to stop calling penalties? Can we talk about how Wayne Simmons has somehow made himself a possible first liner? Somewhere down the line? I don't think he's... I, I, I think how he's stressing. played? He's been, he's been somewhat unstoppable. He he looks like, and I've, I've said this before, he looks like 27-year-old Wayne Simmons is now playing for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Not 34-year-old, however old he is. I mean, look... But I, he looks trying. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, Simmons has, was it, three, four? Uh, let me... I'll four tell you in a second. Uh, Wayne Simmons starts... 
Um, Wayne Simmons this year has three goals. Uh, however, and this is important to note, on the ice, he is a minus six this season. Um, but he's I got three so, goals. Mary. And look, the energy has been good. And he's got 14 shots on net through 10 games. And on the power play, he's looked very good. I'm happy that Wayne Simmons is here. He is a career massively negative player in terms of plus minus if you care. I think he's looked fine and he has brought the physicality that we need. <laughs> he was minus one after getting five points. Was he? Is that true? Jesus Christ. Wow. Ottawa's just a better team. No, what? Was that Edmonton, really? Ottawa? Or was it Vancouver? That was Edmonton, Ottawa. Oh, it was Edmonton, Ottawa. I said Vancouver, It was 8-3. It wasn't 8-5. I was confused at what you said, but I just went with it because, you know, I'm nice. No, no, you're supposed to call me out on my shit. I call you out on yours. You have to call me out on mine. It was 8-5. It was 8-5? told you it was 8-5. I just oh, mixed up my teams. It just, I knew it happened in Canada. What can I say? Nice. Uh, but yeah, um, nice. Look, Wayne Simmons is really good at hockey. Like, I get that. And he's doing exactly what the Leafs needed him to do. So, I'm fine with his output. I don't think he's first line caliber. I, I also, I yeah, but I also think that minus six, generally speaking, he's always been negative. I agree with that. The minus six comes with playing on the fourth line and having to deal with McDavid rushing up and beating him, right? Like, it is what it is. Ryan brings up a if good play, point. He... Go ahead. Ryan brings up a good point that he looks better than he has the past three years. Yeah. And that's For true. Sure. And that's true. So we leave that as is. I'm happy he's and... on the team. I don't think he's back to his prime. I don't think it's the same Wayne Simmons. That being said, I'm very happy with the Wayne Simmons we have. Speaking of our uh, unrestricted free agent signings this year, uh, Joe Thornton just was skating on the ice this morning. Um, good news, bad news? What are you thinking, Danny? Well, I don't see how it would be bad news. To me, that's great news. Uh, weird things with injuries lately. Pasternak was supposed to be out another three weeks, coming back mid-February, and he mm -hmm. finally got back into things uh, on the weekend. So... Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about, but I'm happy Joe's back on the ice. I mean, Does, honest, honestly, right now with how we've been playing, yeah, and everything we've done so far without him, yeah, is adding Joe Thornton to the lineup right now as a standard player. You're gonna Does ask that make this, us that much better? Really gonna ask that, hey? Like, no, I I, I want to hear your argument first, Paul, because what you're about to try and tell me is that the Leafs don't need Joe Thornton at the moment. No, not, okay. I'm not so arguing that he's not an NHL caliber player who should be playing on the team. I am just suggesting, suggesting. Suggesting. That maybe the Leafs' lines right now as they are have been building some nice chemistry that I like. And I don't want to see that get ruined by 89-year-old Joe Thornton. Are you happier? Are you happier with Matthews, Marner, and Hyman than you would be with Matthews, Marner, Thornton? I think, yeah, I think I'd be happier. Much happier with Hyman. 
So where do you see Joe Thornton fitting in ideally in this lineup right now? And that's my problem. And I don't see a spot for him. No, I, mean, I don't like I don't like him on the third line because with Kerfoot and VC Mikheyev, whoever that lineup's going to have, hmm. that's a fast line. You don't want to slow it down. Okay. I don't want to see him with Tavares and Nylander. It's unnecessary. Keep Mikheyev or VC with them. Whoever gets the spot that day. Again, I don't want to slow him down. The only line he seems to have some decent chemistry with would be Matthews and Marner. But... But you haven't seen gonna, him with anybody else. Pardon me? You haven't seen him with anybody else. Yeah, yeah I guess. So, you I mean... Try him, try him with Tavares and, and Nylander, but then ruin right. that chemistry with VC or Mikheyev. But VC just got bumped down with Kerfoot and has looked really good playing with his old center from college. So I love I'm that. okay. I love, I so like VC with, right. with Kerfoot. So you're saying now you add Thornton to that line, and no. they get slower. Or I think you, add I think you should. Line. I think you should add Thornton to that line with, uh, not that line to the line with Tavares and, and Nylander. or you put him and back up on top. But he's a passing machine, and if he can set up the sniper who is Willie Nylander or John Tavares, like I'm cool with that. A jumbo corn. I want a I want a T-shirt with jumbo corn with on jumbo it. I can't believe it. We just, and I do miss the hymen bleep when we. His use horn sweat. is made of beard. So, oh. what? Well, this is all I'm saying, man. Is that like he's better than anybody on the fourth line? Sorry, yeah. man. Like he's better no, than Angle right now. He's better than Barabanov. Like Joe Thornton, you want in the lineup? You can't tell me that you've seen enough of the Leafs. Where you no, don't I, think he should be in. Again, I don't dislike Thornton as a player. I don't. I think he's fine. I just think for the way the Leafs want to play, he might be too slow. And and that's fine. That's fine. Whatever. Okay? If if Hyman or Mikheyev playing with VC and Kerfoot brings that lineup a notch, and Matthews and Marner or Tavares and Nylander can carry 92-year-old Joe Thornton. Oh, my God. That's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. Again, but, 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 does it make us that much better? I'm not saying he makes a line worse, but does he make them better? And by how much? Well, I, right now, I guess they've been, what are we saying? They've been playing honest, Simmons honestly, on that in line? Mind, with... In my mind. Sorry, I just want to get this out. In my mind, it's kind of a non-factor. Sorry. Right now, they've been playing Mikheyev with Tavares and Nylander. And I don't think that's looked particularly great. I do think that Matthews and Marner have looked really good with Zach Hyman up on that wing, but of course they do because that's what they're used to. So I guess my question is, if you bump everybody down, Wayne Simmons drops to that fourth line if on the third line you bring Mikheyev down and slot Joe Thornton in on the second. So do you get rid of Barabanov or do you get rid of Engvall? Who's looked a lot better, by the way, since his benching in the preseason? I'm I I don't have any I don't have any thoughts on Barabanov. It, it sucks because this guy could be something and he could have an opportunity. He's just not getting it, and that's and you know what it is what it is. The Leafs are deep, and this guy's unfortunately uh, it doesn't have uh, didn't play his way up there, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he gets a chance if somebody else. Uh, sits for a night or whatever, but I, I, it doesn't matter to me. 
I don't care. Okay, honestly, so, I don't. So, and that's my answer. I, I actually don't care. So let's if, say if you're gonna if you're gonna put Thornton in and take out Engvall and Barabanov, and you asked me life or death decision, pick one. I'd say flip a coin. Whatever. Right. So I'm honestly. So okay, let's just say hypothetically, Barabanov is the one that you declare expendable because he hasn't looked. I don't think he's looked bad. He just hasn't been anything, and they haven't given him enough time to do yeah, anything. Exactly. And he also may just be one of those players that needs to be getting more minutes a game to live up to his potential. So yeah. do you let him walk? And because he's got that Russia clause, he can go back to the KHL. Do you just let him do it and say, we're going to roll with Wayne Simmons on that fourth line uh, on the other side of Engvall with Spezza. We'll put Mikheyev on that third line and we'll figure out where Joe Thornton fits in. And, and are you okay with that? Because I'm okay with that. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because... I would personally, before we let Barabanov walk officially, like finally and say it's done, it's over. I would be more open to seeing Barabanov move up to play with a Tavares and an Elander. Really? Over Joe Thornton. It, it, just to give him a Come chance on. for a little bit. If you, it, it, no, if you man. Ask... Like, I'm sorry, Paul. Joe Thornton. Like, I, I don't know how to tell this to Leafs Nation. Joe Thornton is still a good hockey player. Joe Thornton is still a top six forward. You've got to be smart about how you do it, but he is still a top six forward, and I cannot believe that three weeks into the season we're still having this fight. No, but you're you're the one who talked about Nick Robertson getting an opportunity or playing up and playing to his potential and maybe being a 40-goal scorer. He's not going to get that opportunity. I didn't say Nick Robertson is a 40-goal scorer. I'm saying... No, but I'm saying when we were arguing about it, you were talking about trading him. Right, I said don't trade him. But I'm saying saying this season, and I'm sorry to Joe Thornton, and I said this before, I don't see why he needs to be on on the top two lines. Because... I, I, I I just don't. And I still... I won't see it. I'm telling you right now. I won't. Well, I think you're... Putting yourself in a position to just not allow yourself to see it. When you go out and say, nope, it's not happening. I'm not going to figure out how this works. You're already making your job more difficult for you. All right. Let me explain something to you really quick. Okay? Okay? Go ahead. Pasternak, Bergeron, Marshawn. That's a top line. McKinnon, Rontanen, Landeskog. That's a top line. Okay? Okay. Drysidel, McDavid, Hopkins, if they put him up there. They don't. That's a top line. They don't. So what they you actually don't. just meant was Drysidel, McDavid, Even- Ennis. Oh, no. Hold on. Ennis bumped. So, no. It was, it was, it was, it's actually McDavid, Hopkins, and Yamamoto, I believe, right now. Okay. Either way. Yeah. The, or, that is or, or, Shifley, Wheeler, uh, Connor. That's a top line. You know what's not a top line? You know what I don't like? Matthews, Marner, Thornton. Thornton? I I don't know what to tell you. Is he not the odd one out? He's always going to be the odd one out. And I'm sorry. It it is what it is. Thanks, Inferno. Can can I get you to weigh in on this, please? Because I think Caveman's being a dumbass. I think Thornton fits in any of the top six formations on the Leaf. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. He's that good of a hockey player. And he's looked it this year before we got hurt. So we need to know now that we're going to dedicate 10 minutes of this show every single week listening to you toss Thornton into a ditch. 
No, man. I am not here for that. I don't think you're wasting him on the first line. I don't think you're wasting him. It's not about wasting him. It's about figuring out how you can complement your top two scorers by giving them something that they clearly needed. They looked fine with him on that line. Because it's not about first and second line. The Tavares line has been getting top competition. It depends on when the Leafs have home ice advantage or not. Tavares, <sighs> The Tavares line has been the shutdown line against top competition. The Matthews line has been playing against what you would call, Harry, lesser talent defensively on the other team. So he's... I, I, I don't want to keep going with this. I think no, it's fine. We'll get we'll get over it again. Like it's fine. It's fine. The we'll caveman retirement recruiter says Ryan. Thank you. I like that. Don Collins. What's going on, Don? No, I How don't want been? Don Collins to be here right now because I know what Don Collins' opinion on Joe Thornton is. That he's 97 years old and needs yes, to not that is, play on our first line. That is actually thank Don's opinion. So thank you. Thank we we you didn't Don. need to say it. That's great because I've been hearing it for the past 10 minutes. Okay, something that I didn't end up getting oh, to bring Grandpa up. Grandpa Joe, stop! Grandpa Joe, thank you, Grandpa Joe. Doesn't Don't need him. Listen, Joe Thornton's old enough to have his kids play in the NHL, okay? Okay, Paul. His grandkids I'm done. You see what you're doing to me? I'm done. He turned five years older in five minutes. Yeah, no, that it just it happens. Yeah, 113 year old Joe Thornton is really not making an impact on Paul the Caveman Cavaretta. Okay. I, I don't dislike him. I don't. I just don't. Are we fine to switch? Can we switch topics? Time, I didn't, uh, yeah, okay. I want to go back to the talking about Freddie because we kind of skipped over my ending conversation, my ending thoughts, and I want to get them out there, okay? Go for it. Frederick Anderson. A sub-900 save percentage. I can't believe you're going back to this. Is Michael Hutchinson really Shut that up. much worse? Shut up. <laughs> Go, away. Go away. Go away. No. Go away. Bringing up Michael Hutchinson. Come on. That is not how this works. Bring up Michael Hutchinson. You know what happens when you bring up Michael Hutchinson? God damn you. Got to back to your drinking habits, Danny. You're an asshole. Poor Joe. Sorry, it's been that kind of show today, I guess. It's been that kind of weird Monday. You know? So is, was that really what you wanted to do, or were you just poking me? About yeah, a little bit of it. A little bit of A, a little bit of B. I honestly don't... Okay, my, Ryan, my argument... come on, man. My argument for Hutchinson is I don't actually think he's going to be as bad as everybody thinks he is. He's, I'm not a fan of Michael Hutchinson. Michael just, Hutchinson will not start a game. It's going to be really Freddie's It's Freddy's net until Campbell comes back. Unless unless there's a back-to-back, but based on the schedule for the next week and a half, I think we're fine. All right. I have a question. Last... I have a real question that we haven't talked about yet. Go ahead. One second. I have to, I have to golf clap for Ryan. Ryan Starfire in the chat saying he was Starsky's first choice. It's a Starsky and Hutch joke. Comedy gold. Um, the Leafs were down in that game against Calgary. Uh, they gave up their lead and then were able to get a strike right back at the end of the third. They 
looked a little shaky in that first game against Edmonton, and maybe the refs were to blame, but they came back and showed some resilience. And, I, I mean, in the game against Edmonton, they showed resilience to send it to overtime. So what is this Leafs team that's been able to come back in games and doesn't get buried? And this resilience that we're seeing that we are not used to seeing from the Toronto Maple Leafs, have you made any kind of notice of this, or am I in my own head here? I can't say you're in your own head. I, I Being in construction, we talk about hockey a lot. Excellent. And one of the guys on site mentioned that this team reminds him of a Chicago Blackhawks team before the dynasty. While they while they were training to be it. He was an older guy, older gentleman. Okay. Because you know that, that meant- Blackhawks team was so long ago. No, no, no. But like he's been watching hockey for a while and he was a Blackhawks fan, so he remembered when they were bad and then when they got good. Paul, they won their first He mentioned game. that Joe Quenville That's had a system yeah. where after you would score a goal, he would tell the team, "Okay guys, no more goals." I want you guys to hold on to the one nothing lead. Play defense. We really? don't need to score. We don't need to to overextend ourselves. Play defense. Play tight. Mm-hmm. Right? He wanted to teach the kids that they didn't have to score. And part of me, Harry, poor Harry, uh, part of me is seeing this little by little with Sheldon Keefe's Toronto Maple Leafs. Maybe not the, hey, guys, defend the one goal lead. Maybe not so serious. But... Something where it's like, hey, guys, like, we're never out of a game. They're never out of a game, you know? We're up 3 nothing. Yeah. Play hard. Okay, Keep going. Why do you need a coaching change? Like, I, I guess this is my thing is that what you've just said, that's what Babs was trying to say to the Leafs for years. It, like, it's what he was trying to instill in Marner and Matthews and, and I guess, Nylander. Okay. You know, so I, I want to like, – why do we need the coaching change? Why, first what's all, different? First of all, I want to I want to say I highly underestimated how effective Sheldon Keefe was going to be early on with the Maple Leafs. This does look like a similar team, but a very different team in in some facets to the Maple Leafs of old. But so I, for okay. that, I give Sheldon Keefe credit. Why Keefe? Hold on, I'm gonna I, I want you. Why Keefe over Babcock? No, 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 no. Why Keefe over Dubis? Because I, 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 well, I think most because, of the character changes that we're seeing out of this team, like the ability to play tighter defense and show some resilience coming back, I figure those are personnel issues. So that's that's a Dubis thing if he's going— Harry brings up a great po- point. L.A., St. Louis, Washington, all new coaches when they win. So I have a thought here. Okay, go ahead. Give me your thought. I don't love this idea, but I think it makes sense. Like, I I don't know how this is explained or defined by NHL GMs or the people that are in charge of team building. Sure. But when you have guys in a room, and I, I mean, I can say this with a little bit of perspective. Just, you know, now that I'm, I'm almost 30, it's like, what kind of mindset are you in in your 20s versus when you get a little bit older? Mm-hmm. And I think it just kind of boils down to, even if Babs was saying the right stuff, for Austin Matthews, when you are 18, 19, 20, 21 years old, 
it doesn't matter who's saying it, but once Babs got fired, that's the end of the era. That's the end of the Babcock era. So you immediately start getting a little introspective. And it's not even the fact that somebody else is saying it differently, but it's just the fact that it, it maybe when the first guy goes, when Babs leaves, everything finally starts to click. So I guess what I'm saying is that Bab Sox, Bab Sox, Bab Sox, hey, product Mike, placement. Mike Babcock is still directly responsible for the defensive responsibility on the Leafs now. He got the message in there, but he got the message in there so hard that it takes a new coach to come in and say it differently for that message to now start to make sense. Ryan, I want that on a t-shirt. I survived the Babcock era, and all I got was a bunch of socks. I love that. That was quick. That was nice. A pair of socks? Um, Danny, I don't disagree with you. However, I'm going to bring up two separate points. Two separate points. Two? If I can remember the other one. (laughs) First of all, first of all, as unfortunate as it was, a part of me always knew Mike Babcock was never going to bring a Stanley Cup to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Did you really know that? And I will say it because of this, okay? GMs build a team, and the coach coaches it, okay? Okay. Unfortunately for Mike Babcock, he was the first change, first real change made, right? right? Dubas was never the GM of the Toronto Maple Leafs until after we started winning. But Mike Babcock was the head coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs in our worst season ever. And that had nothing to do with Mike Babcock at all. Okay? Not at all. Let's be honest. That's not his fault. Right? However, that sticks with people. Right? No. Okay, no. I was with you until right this second. I was with you. No, but hold up, hold up. Not that it sticks with, like, Austin Matthews or Nazem Kadri as Mike Babcock's a bad coach. However, however... There is that little bit of losing that no, sticks no, around. No, it's okay? a bad take. Sorry, X. No, bad take for Paul. No. Just because he coached, first of all, I get it. It was a bad season and it landed them Austin Matthews, but they look good under Babs. And you know they did. And you know they did. Uh, that is not why they couldn't win under him. I just think it's a part of young people's development. That if you hear the same message from a second person, that second person becomes louder. Because you can write it off. As a young person, you can write off Mike Babcock as your coach, being like, he's just a curmudgeonly old man who doesn't know. And the systems are different. They are. It's more possession instead of the dump and chase with Keith. But if the idea of preaching defensive responsibility hasn't gone anywhere, if you are a young Leafs player, you say, well, crap. You know, we didn't listen to Babs, but the new guy is still saying it. Maybe we should rethink everything Babs told us. And that's all I'm getting at, is you need the change. Or maybe a fresh start is what they needed. What? But it's, the question is why? What happens with a fresh start? Let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Has Austin Matthews ever had a losing season? No. Has Mitch Marner? No. William Nylander? Yes. Yeah, he wasn't really a part of that other team. He showed up halfway through the year. Doesn't count. I still love counter. It wasn't this. It wasn't really a losing season on his. He wasn't a major part of that team. What I'm trying to say is that 
team was bad, GM's fault, right? No. They brought in Brendan Shanahan. This is before. They brought in Brendan Shanahan, Lou Lamorello. Shanna plan was installed, right? Team still loses. Coach's fault. Got rid of whoever the hell the coach was. Was it Dave Nonis before? No, he was a GM, wasn't he? Randy Carlisle slash Peter Horchak. He, Peter Horchak, that's the one I was thinking of. Get rid of the coach. Okay. Now it's Babcock's in. Okay. Get new players, right? Well, the players haven't had losing seasons. The GM and Kyle Dubas has never had a losing season. Theoretically, theoretically, the only one who had a losing season with the Toronto Maple Leafs was Mike Babcock. I'm not saying it was his fault. Again, it was not his what fault. What is this argument? I'm just saying it's a fresh start, okay? Now the players know, okay, well, we never had a losing season before. We know it's not our coach's fault. He's new. It wasn't the it wasn't the last coach's fault. We just got we just fired him. If it's anybody's fault we lose now, it's ours. It's on the players now. Yeah, I mean, I think we're saying the same thing differently, and I don't like the way you're saying it because I never like the way you say anything, but the I, I think it boils down to the same thing, Paul. I, I yes, The point and, is yeah, they yeah. needed a change in leadership I, yes. to take the onus on themselves, and so everything yes, is, that is, that is in 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 short, that is what I was trying to say. I was just trying to say it in a, well we haven't lost before and we changed the one losing part of our system. That's, but that's not a good argument and you're dumb but and that's fine. It, but look, it, dude, I'm so happy to call you out when you're being an idiot every single time. I think that was a dumb argument. That's fine. Listen, and that's you it. thought Ottawa was going to be a playoff team this year. And... I didn't say they were going to be a playoff hey, team. Danny hey, never said hey, Ottawa was going to be a playoff hey, team. What Danny fine. said was... Find the tape. I didn't say they would be a playoff team. I made no guarantees. I said they are probably not going to finish last in the division. And I am still going to hang on to that. So, you know, we bet 20 bucks that they wouldn't finish last. Just so everybody knows, Harry remembers, Ryan remembers. Don Collins might have been here. Don Collins asked what happened to my eye. My answer, I don't know what you're talking about. What eye? Exactly. Wink. Would be really cool if I could wink this side, but I can't. What was the bet? Uh, Danny said that Ottawa would not come in last. I don't and know I if that, that was exactly it. I don't know if that was exactly it. Was that? We've got to go back I and find the tape. You said that they would not come in last this season, and I said I will bet you $20 that they do. Did I say that and in the division or in the entire league? Because that's division. actually important. The division, not the league. Are you sure? Because you... I, would, I wouldn't make that bet in the league because there's Detroit. Don, what are you doing? What are you doing here, Don Collins? Fourth place. Wait, that's not true. You know it's not true. You're just getting me riled up and fuck because it's working. It's on YouTube, baby. Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, remembers. It's on Nick. the tape. Can you actually go back and big shout out to producer Nick, Nikki Faye, 009 in our chat for actually putting this together. But Nick, I, I would love if you could clarify what the, the terms of that bet were. And Don, Don, come on, man. No, he's just- The top team. I don't agree with Don on that point. That's he's a, that's, instigating. He's doing a great job of it. He's a regular old Kachuk in our chat. So I have one- one question about Kachuk because we're talking about uh, we're I I just want I just want to know Actually, why yeah go why, ahead how, and then we got to talk about the reverse retros oh I no no just skip my thing what the hell are those <laughs> what is 
going on? Like, who decided that? Um, the best tweet that I've seen, I it was a tweet in reference to something on the uh, on the fan this morning. It's like I, I I was so distracted I couldn't watch the game because of all those super fun memories I have of the Leafs wearing gray in their jerseys, which I think is the most accurate point ever. Um, uh, I love Don to hang my hat on the fact that the Leafs are one of two teams in the NHL that have only worn two colors. The Leafs colors are blue and white. The other team that only has a two-color jersey is the Detroit Red Wings at red and white. And yet, they decided to throw gray into the reverse retro jerseys. Like, exactly. Just wear the St. Patrick's jerseys or wear the Toronto Arena's logos like they've done. Or why not make the St. Pat's jersey blue? Or the Toronto Maple Leafs jersey green if you're going to go reverse retro. Actually, I love that idea. Of let's like, put the it, let's put the St. Patch jerseys in blue. Like it's weird. It doesn't make any sense. I love that idea though. It is what it is. I'm just good of idea. I'm just filled with good ideas. Yeah. The the gray is the gray is brutal. The Leafs. I got it. Man. I want. I finally after years. I want my St. Pat's jersey this year. Mm. After I would love years. To see, I, would, I, would, I would love to see them do a blue and white St. Pat's jersey. It would look so weird and make no sense, and that's why I love it. But I want a Morgan or, Riley. Or- Toronto Maple Leafs jersey in green and white. They look like the Dallas Stars. It'd be hilarious. Okay, enough of this. Don Collins. Calling Paul the Caveman Cavaretta smart? <laughs> that I cannot tolerate in this chat. Yikes. We are open to many different opinions here. I would love you to go on any kind of tirade. I'm ready. I'm down to put the headphones down and walk away and pick up my bottle of booze again. But then I remember that my bottle of booze is actually. Please give me here. a timeout. Yeah. Do we? <laughs> do we can we timeout, Don? Nah. Let him. Let him speak. Let him speak. Are we on for two twenty-two? I believe so. Right. That's. Um, there's a Kings game uh, yeah. right after this game. Yeah, that's gonna happen. Yeah, sure. we've I'm got gonna... the we've got the Leafs Canucks. No. 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 Sorry, no, we don't. We have, uh, what's the day today? Sorry, today is the, yeah, on 222, we'll make sure that we make that happen. Yeah, I'm just going to double check to make sure I can see what it is. Don, I'm not banning you from the channel. Yeah, actually, we have uh, we have the Flames against uh, Toronto at 7, and then we have the Kings and the Blues at 8, so we can flip back and forth between the two. <laughs> Ban me from the channel. Ryan, Ryan timed out, Don. Big wow. move. Big move. <laughs> that's some that's some energy right there oh that's some energy harry that's, would, are... would you like don collins more if i told you that don was in northern california and there is a norcal socal thing happening right now he's a Ooh. massive san jose sharks fan do you still like him is my question so okay danny mm. we're getting a little off topic here but on I our show to off topic I wanted to bring up a couple things before we end the show, before we, we start trailing off. Yeah. Uh, we had a, an idea around, and we both said, or we both want to talk about it. Are you Team Dermot or Team Lettinen? Okay, so let's talk about Leafs defense for a second. Uh, if you haven't been paying attention to this, the Leafs' top five defensemen are pretty well set. You've got Riley, Brody, 
Muzzin, Justin Hall, and then you have Stanley Cup champion Zach Bogosian, who is mm-hmm. playing with either Travis Dermott, a Leaf staple over the past couple of years, or Miko Lettinen, the new import from the KHL, who is a power play specialist. I don't understand why they keep cycling Travis Dermott out of the lineup. At the beginning of the year, we were all skeptical. We said, you know, they bring in a guy with a hell of a shot from the K who can probably make the power play better, and we're going to put some pressure on Dermott, and we're going to see how Dermott performs. But Dermott has played well on the left side with Bogosian. Paul, I have the feeling that you're actually on Team Letton in here, and I'd like you to tell me why. I want to just explain that with less of a role, Miko Lettinen has made a bigger impact to me personally than Travis Dermott. What do you mean when you say less of a role? Because Lettinen time, gets- Time on ice, time on ice. How many games he's played. Um, and just generally speaking, it seems like uh, Sheldon Keefe trusts Travis Dermott and plays him more, more often than Miko Lettinen, which is fine. That's uh, that's understandable. Travis Dermott deserves the playing time. Miko Lettinen is making every second of ice time he gets count as much as he can. He hasn't been too bad defensively. I can't say he's been stellar. He hasn't been uh, Justin Hall levels of impressive this season, right? Which we can get to, um, but offensively speaking especially on the power play it seems he has an eye for just getting the puck in the right spot uh i i bring up the edmonton game uh where zach hyman got a shot float uh fluttered in by miko letting in it drops right in front of him hits off a pad and zach hyman just sweeps it in that shot doesn't get taken nine out of ten times on the toronto maple leafs power play they pass it off to somebody else and they, they avoid the screen completely, and they just try for an open. Day. It's the only point that Miko Lettinen has um, all season. But to be fair, Travis Dermott doesn't have any. And, and Miko Lettinen, getting- by the way, for everything you're saying about Miko Lettinen, especially on the point, the guy's only got a single shot on goal all season. He hasn't been able to, like I'm saying, he hasn't been given these opportunities. And also, he is not the kind of defenseman who takes open shots. He does, though. That's that, that's objectively false. He is he is known for being a shooter and power play specialist on the blue line. Yes and no. A, a shot that hits Zach Hyman in front of the net and deflects down doesn't count in his shot on goal. No, he's, he's, he's supposed to have a pretty wicked shot, Paul. Okay, yes, and he can take shots. However, he hasn't been given the opportunity as much as Travis Dermott has, so he hasn't been able to actually play uh, the position and the way he like he would want to play. And when he time has out, time been, out, time out. Just want to confirm, uh, Nick, producer Nick in the chat has said it was a fifty dollar bet, and I bet you fifty dollars that Edmonton, uh, sorry, that Ottawa would not come last in the division. Yes, thank you very much. And now it's it's there, it's there. I look forward to cashing in my W. It's just gonna take some time before they get their head out of their ass. But I let just, will. Let me just let me just quickly take a look at this. Uh, I, I don't know, know if I want to do that. This feels dumb now. One seven and one. I will let you give me thirty dollars today to get out of this bet. 
one seven and one. Second last is three three and one with two games to in hand. <laughs> yeah, you owe me fifty bucks. Uh, whatever. I'm not bailing out. I am going to reject and decline your offer. All right. That's At fine. this point, this is all I can do is hang in there. I'm then sorry, you know bud. What? You will hang in there just like Justin Hall hung in there when he was benched. How many? 70-something games? 72 games in a season? In an 82-game season, yeah. In an 82-game season, and he bounces back. He makes the team. Certainly plays with bounce Dick back. Muzzin. Where did this all-star come from? Um, what, Justin Hall? Justin Hall. So there what is happened? a... I'm, I'm actually really proud of this. I don't think anybody would ever go back and find it. But four years ago, Paul, when we were recording the first ever season of the FanCast, I brought up Justin Hall as somebody who could make an impact down the line as a reason not to be concerned with defensive depth. Four years ago, it was still probably a bad take because it took a long time. But I'm saying Justin Hall has been flitting around the radar for a while. The reason I brought that up four years ago was an article in The Athletic from James Myrtle as to why uh, we need to keep an eye on this guy. And it's basically just an exercise in patience. Like, Justin Hall, and I think this is really important for anybody who watches hockey as a comparison to real life and tries to do the whole sports imitates life thing. And if you ever need a reason to stay consistent, to stay on the development track and hope it'll work out. Look at Justin Hall, relatively late bloomer, 29 years old, finally getting his chance and making it look uh, good. Also, uh, just to talk to Harry really quick, um, just so you know, and why it's such an, a bad take, an even worse take, I believe his last place was Montreal. Um, I don't think, I didn't make a last place team. Yes, I didn't do it. I refused to rank. I refused you said, to rank the Scotia North TM because... I said it's dumb. I said your top five teams are going to be uh, Toronto, Calgary, Edmonton. Vancouver and... Vancouver and Winnipeg. Ottawa. Danny gave a bottom three. Your bottom three were... Montreal. Winnipeg. I think Montreal was in the bottom three. Yeah. With and Winnipeg, it could still which, happen. Anyways, they can go on a slump. Anyways, Justin Hall. This has brought a problem to my attention because too much of a good thing is never a bad thing. Let's be honest. But next year, it actually is. It actually is. It very much is. Too much of there a good thing is no bueno. There is an expansion draft on the horizon, Danny. There is. What is going on in your head um, with Justin? Does he immediately jump Travis Dermott and Alex Kerfoot as the Leafs most desirable? Uh, he does. If. There is an if, and the if is if the Leafs decide to uh, protect 7-3-1, and one, as in mm -hmm. seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie versus eight skaters and a goalie, yep. that is bad news for the Toronto Maple Leafs because their defense is now too good. Yes, Justin Hall, Justin Hall has proved something, which means your Leafs now need to protect eight skaters all day. They need to protect the core four. And they need to... Oh, my God. Montreal's up 2 nothing in Vancouver <laughs> seven minutes in. If Nick Suzuki scored, I'm going to smile. I don't like this. I don't like this. Uh, did Brock Besser get injured to make my fantasy trade look like a way better move? Because that would also be good. He did. No way. <laughs> what? One minute in. Actually? <laughs> no, Nick Suzuki, yeah. you mean. Not Brock Besser. Nick Suzuki. 
Oh, I love Nick Suzuki. All right. Anyways, I wish I'm watching that game. I'll watch it soon. I'll watch it right after this. Oh, my. Um, um, no, kid. So, damn. Wow. Again, you say eight skaters all day, right? Well, yeah, so you got you to gotta protect eight skaters if Justin Hall is this good. And so if you're going to protect eight skaters, what that ends up turning into is basically you're going to lose Alex Kerfoot. But you could yeah. still lose Travis Dermott. Um, Zach Hyman, who's a UFA, you can't lose UFA players. Mm-hmm. So basically my stance here is they're either going to lose Dermott, lose Kerfoot, or they are going to make a deal like teams did with Vegas where they will trade an asset not to lose those players. And I I swear, man, like we've said Seattle is not going to get away with the same crap that Vegas got away with. Like, uh, I don't know if, if New Music Inferno is still here, but it's pretty widely known around the rest of the league that Vegas got away with a lot in that expansion draft. Highway robbery. And as much as we don't, want to admit that Seattle's going to do the same thing. It's not about taking advantage, but it's about looking at teams that are in a rock and a hard place like the Leafs with regards to protection. We're not the only team in that boat. Yeah. So I want to say something. I got to get something off my chest. If Hall keeps playing the way he does. You know, this is a Leaf show, right, Don? Go ahead. We will get into the actual around the league right after this. Um, <laughs> but again, if the Leafs, if, if Justin Hall keeps playing the way he does, will he be missed? Yes. Uh, yes. No. no? No, because we're not going to lose him. There's no way you, you don't cover him. Your question was, if we lose him, will he be missed? And you said no, because we're not going to lose him? No, because we are going to cover him with the eight skaters. Bro, we've talked about the Habs. We spent a half an hour talking about the Habs at the beginning of this show, Don Collins. Where were you? We literally opened up this show talking about the Habs. (laughs) Habs were great. Uh, Uh, Quickly, Hall will not be missed because we will protect him. And I'll tell you why we protect him. Because Kyle Dubas is a genius. Okay. Since when Kyle are you on the Dubis track? It's my job a... to defend Kyle Dubis. Take a look at this. You're taking my you job. Have, you have Joe Thornton on a one-year deal. Can't be taken. You have Wayne Simmons on a one-year deal. Can't be taken. Jimmy VC on a one-year deal. Can't be taken. Hyman, Tavares, Marner, Matthews. Protected. Hyman's expired at the end of the year. Hyman can't be taken. You have Kerfoot, who could be taken. Okay. Mikheyev who I believe is on a two-year deal, right? He may be exempt because of new player status. It's only his second year I league. believe so, but maybe could be taken. Uh, whatever. Okay. Spets on a one-year deal. Can't be taken. You have uh, <clears throat> Bogosian on a one-year deal. Can't be taken. You have uh, Campbell, who could be taken, but you have Anderson on a Can't UFA contract. Can't be taken. Which means you can protect Jack Campbell. But if you're protecting eight, you protect Brody, Riley, eight Hall, plus a goalie. and Muzzin. Eight plus a goalie. Oh, eight plus a goalie. So you protect Campbell. I didn't actually know that. Eight yeah, yeah. plus a goalie. So you protect Campbell, yep. and you don't lose Frederick Anderson because he's a UFA anyways. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So I have to give all the credit in the world 
to Kyle Dubas for signing all of these one-year deals and making it easy enough that if somebody had a breakout season like Justin Hall, you can adjust the strategy. You don't have to protect seven, three, and one. You can do eight. Because what do we know about the Leafs offense? We, unfortunately for Mikheyev and for Kerfoot, have replacements available. We can find guys to take their spot and we can replace these guys somewhere down the line with someone like a Nick Robertson. Unless, so, of course, um, you trade Nick Robertson, which you'd like to Yeah, get. for someone better. You know, it, it is what it is. Yeah, dude, man, like, this is what I don't get about you. Like, I, Paul, I, I, I really do, I really do like doing a show with you. I do. I, I, I like sitting back here and talking hockey. As far as all my friends go, you are by far one of the more entertaining ones. I like our back and forth. Thank you, Don. But your inconsistency week to week of, oh my God, last week, let's trade Nick Robertson. It's not. It's not inconsistency. I, I argued last week that Nick Robertson was not untouchable. And right, I will you know argue what? that. Hold this. on. Don yes. takes a leak when I go talk. I'm going to go take a leak because he started commenting. Paul, the floor is yours. All right. Guys, what do you want to talk about? 2 1 for the, uh, the Habs? I can still hear him in my headphones. Can anybody else still hear him? This guy just keeps talking. And he just leaves. Just like that. I'm eating tacos. Harry, I wish I was eating tacos. I had a coffee just recently, and it's about to run through me. As soon as this show's over, I might be on the toilet for 20 minutes. You never know, right? But anyways, guys. Listen. I think next week we have uh, we have a show that we're going to be watching the Canucks and the Leafs play after, right? I believe we have a viewing party. Let me go double check. Yes, we do. Oh, and the Blue Jackets play at the same time. I might actually be watching that. <laughs> Don't tell Danny that I'll be watching the Blue Jackets uh, while he's watching the Canucks and the Maple Leafs because he'll get mad at me. Got better in the last two minutes. Thank you, Ryan. Anybody who wants to, to talk about anything, I know actually what's going on with the league. Unfortunately, Danny only pays attention to Toronto, but I actually know what's going on with the rest of the hockey league. Do you guys want to talk uh, LA really quick? I can talk LA. Unfortunately, LA, oh, 200 bits. Thank you very much. 400 bits from Don Collins. Thank you very much, Don. I believe Danny would be having, um, I'll buy Danny silence. <laughs> Oh, no. Poor Danny. He's not going to be happy when he sees that. That's all right. He doesn't have to see it. Uh, let's talk Let's talk LA really quickly. LA is unfortunately in the West the best of the worst. Just joined. Not sure if you covered there. yet. How was that holding the fort? Opinions on the Canucks. Sorry, Danny. I'm talking. Uh, just joined. Wow. Opinions on the Canucks. I believe the Canucks are unfortunately off to a very slow start. They are very much underperforming. Thatcher Demko does look like he's starting to get into form, and same with Braden Holtby. However, they've only really beaten who? Ottawa. Um, and they're going to be playing the the Leafs next, who seem to be on a pretty, pretty much a hot streak. So this is probably going to be the biggest test for Vancouver. They're 4-0 in the last four. Vancouver? Yeah, no, they have been playing yes. better. So they, they haven't they, just beaten Ottawa, is what I'm saying. Okay, well, they yeah, they've sped it up. But how many of those games against Ottawa? Why do I have to give the same opinion seven times in the same show? It's 
early. You're such a you're just boring. Who cares? No, but it, I, dude, like I, I I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, are you okay, are dude, you attempting to tell me hold that up, hold up, hold that up. sports dude. media is fueled by bad takes for the sake of sensationalism and no moderate logical Absolutely. opinion? Uh Klein well, makes sense, I guess. Vancouver beat Ottawa three times in their last four games, and they beat Winnipeg most recently. The win against Winnipeg is legit. Tonight against Montreal, we're going to see how they do. Um, I'm hoping they actually they pick it up because Vancouver I had uh, making the playoffs at number four. But, yeah. And, uh, oh, put Colson's coming at the end of the season? Well, that's they've got to get there in a decent position, so, you know. Yeah, that's going to be huge. That's uh, the Russian sniper, right? Um, but, yeah, uh, they'll, they'll be all right. Just like, uh, just like LA, you know. I'm not out. worried about Vancouver. I still think they've got time to turn it around and go on a run. The real question is, will Calgary sort out their that their crap? Will Winnipeg actually be that good? Will Montreal sustain itself, and uh, will Edmonton get its crap together as well? Also, uh, Don Collins paid 400 bits for you to keep your silence, just what? so you know while you were gone. What? Yeah. That is so counterintuitive to this Twitch idea. It's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to throw bits your way. And actually, you know what, Klein? I like the moves that uh, Vancouver made because they're kind of opening it up to their young guys. Uh, they're giving the reins to Demko and to Quinn Hughes, Pedersen, and Besser and saying, listen, this is your team. Go make it your team and show us what you can do. Um I think, I, I think maybe not this year, maybe next year, we're going to be talking about Vancouver a lot more as a contender. Uh, I think they make the playoffs. I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, that's you're probably right. I, I think they make playoffs as well. Nice. Uh, anyways, let's do a quick around the league, and then we can get into some predictions, Danny. How does that sound? That sounds A-OK to me. Um, All right, well, let's go with the COVID Central. Uh, the Discover Central. The Discover COVID Central. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I got to get this in there. Columbus is looking very strong with Corpy and Merzlikens looking absolutely I am dominant. so worried about what happens when Patrick Laine shows up. And by worried, I mean like I'm scared of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I don't know I don't know what kind of impact he's going to have with John Tortorella. I really hope he's going to have um, an Ovi impact uh, right like Barry Trotz did with Ovi. Um, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Florida, I believe, is playing way above their uh, where they're gonna be. Harry, the Harry, the- hey, I'm sorry. One sec, Harry. Torts will never win a cup. <laughs> um, do you want to like maybe double check that, Harry? Because I will guarantee you, I will guarantee, you, I will say it right now that John Tortorella will end his career with at least one Stanley Cup victory. Let's go, fight me, bro. Wait, didn't he win it with Tampa? Shh, Harry doesn't know that yet. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, Klein wants to know, which divisions do you think is the best and worst from early impressions? Uh, best is easily the East. Yeah. And worst, I unfortunately have to say the Canadian division is looking really weak early on. The Scotia uh, North TM? The Scotia North. And I believe uh, you meant the uh, Mass Mutual East. Yes, Mass Mutual East looks great. The Scotia North looks yeah. weak, but it's gonna it's gonna spin around as soon as Vancouver and um and Edmonton pick their shit up and Calgary pick their shit up. 
I... uh, Florida's in for a rude awakening. Bobrovsky is playing like Bobrovsky so, does. No, let's, Very... let's talk about this. Why do you think that Florida's in for a rude awakening? I'm just curious. They've beaten, they've beaten Columbus once, which is fine. I mean, they beat Columbus without Pierre-Luc Dubois, like everybody should. Uh, they've beaten Chicago, which is one of the worst teams in the league and will be by the end of the season. And they've beaten Detroit. Yeah. Again, one of the worst teams in the league will be the worst team in the league at the end of the season. So they haven't beaten anybody really. Nobody. Really. I mean, so they, they haven't no, had the chance to play against games. Dallas. Winning, yeah, winning five games against five teams that you should be is nice, but losing the next 10 games against teams that you will lose against, it's going to be a rude awakening. When they play Dallas, Carolina, and Tampa, it's going to be, oh, this is what top teams look But like. we don't know that. Like, I mean, this is the uh, thing. No, nobody's worse than the Sens. This is Sens the thing about these divisions and the fact that it's a divisional schedule. Yeah. Is if you manage to play 500 hockey against the better teams in your division and absolutely dump on the worst teams in your division, you're going to be ahead of the pack when it's time for the playoffs. Tell me, who, which, which team is Florida going to go 500 against? Carolina, Dallas, or Tampa? If they go 500 again, I'm just yeah. I'm just saying like we don't know. Oh no, yeah, if it's, if Bobrovsky goes back into Vesna form, if Barkov scores why, like I just looking at Bobrovsky, do you think Bobrovsky is really gonna have as poor of a year as he had last year? Like I just look, look I'm at the goalie on look at Dredger. He's having a great year. It's not Florida. It's Bob. He's been a problem. He was a problem on Columbus. He's a 50-50 goalie. Okay, first he's of either all, first a of all. goalie. First or of all, with a 287 goals against average so far in three games this season, uh, I want to compare this to last year. His goals against average was 323, which is a career high by a mile. His career GAA is 2.54. I don't think it is any kind of a stretch to say Bobrovsky is going to have a better year this year than he did last year. I think it's that easy. No, he will uh, regress. Yeah, okay, fine. But his when goals against will regress or improve uh, towards his mean of two fifty four, and so like even if he has a two eighty save percentage, which would still be uh, his third highest save percentage. Career-wide. Even if he pulls a 280, he's still having a great year. Like, he's going to have a hell of a gonna, season. Gonna, I'll tell you this, Danny. You're an expert on the Toronto Maple Leafs, as you like to think or say. I've watched the Columbus Blue Jackets when they were bad, when they were getting good, when they were good. And I've seen Bob play in all of them, okay? Mm -hmm. And he does this thing where at the beginning of a season, he will play 50-50 hockey. Okay, he's either a Vesna level goaltender or he's not. Okay, and he shouldn't even be in the NHL right now. No strong opinions on these goalies, but would like to add that GAA and save percentage is kind of team stats. I like that take actually. Uh, I don't. I mean, it's not all team stats. I I understand what you're saying, Klein, but but the point that I'm trying to make here is that Sergei Bobrovsky is going to have a bounce back year, and the Florida Panthers will at the very least look like they have the 
goaltending that they're supposed to finally after they didn't get and it last year. Danny, I'm going to argue with you that Bobrovsky is going to, at some point this season, lose the majority of his starts to Dredger. And I'm just going to put that out there. Dan, uh, do, you, do you want to put $50 on it? Uh, no, because I'm not giving you $50 back with that uh, auto take. Well, I'm then you don't out. actually believe in your take. No, I believe in it. I'm no, just not. <laughs> Listen, hey, that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm okay. Unfortunately for me, uh, Dan auto- Cherry is the only expert here. All right. I think it's too early to bring in Dan Cherry. I've thought about it, man. So I was I was thinking about something. Soon. Bringing in Dan Cherry. No, but the Central and the West and the East all have three-headed monsters. Carolina, Dallas, and Tampa in the Central. Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis in the West. The Washington, West. Philly, and Boston in the East. Mass Mutual East. Who is the three-headed monster in the North? Scotia North. Sure. Um, Honestly, it does. is there even a three-headed monster? Like, in theory, it's the Leafs in Edmonton and... Calgary in theory. You're right. Look, it's been a shakeup of a year. It's weird, right? It's a little weird. I think um, that yeah. I don't think it really matters. Like, I I mean for us to sit and have these conversations and talk about who's the best in what division and everything else, like, you know, we can fuel the media fodder as much as we want and just kind of put out talking points for the sake of it. Where we're at right now today, I'll tell you that we know that there's going to be someone decent coming out of each of these divisions. It's I, That's not much of a take, but it's not wrong. And when we get to the playoffs, like all of this argument of division versus division of is the North going to be better than the East, like it, none of that's going to matter, man. And that's the problem. I think it is. How? I think these little things matter. I think it all adds up, and at the end, we're going to see the results. But I think I think the East having to play the East is going to make them all better. The Islanders, the Islanders are not a playoff team right now. They're in the toughest division. Mm. The Rangers have fallen off a cliff because they're playing against monsters. The Rangers were never the good. Pittsburgh Penguins, Sidney Crosby. And Evgeny Malkin are on the fourth best team in their division. That is insane. Insane. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it in my head, and I don't want to just keep saying that it's early. I don't. But I also don't love that you're looking at the league and saying, like, well, this is what it is right now. I get it, because time has lost all meaning, but we have been playing hockey for three weeks. This is our fourth episode of the FanCast, Paul? Yeah. Okay, like, everything is condensed. It makes things matter a little bit more. But at the end of the day, we're going to be playing, ideally, playoff hockey. And when we get to a Final Four, we're going to see the best team in each division. But it's not like it's going to say much about the other teams in that division. I won't believe that the Washington Capitals have a better chance of making it to the Stanley Cup final than the Leafs because of a tougher regular season schedule. I just, that's not how this game works, and we all know hockey well enough to know that. That's fine. Listen, that's fine. We had a good question from Klein in the chat that I'd like to touch on. Sure, go ahead. Uh, With the baseball-style back-to-backs or the two- to three-game series, 
good thing or bad thing moving on this year? I've heard a few opinions on this. Paul, give me yours. I enjoy it. However, I feel in our regular season is too unrealistic because you are going to be playing teams like LA. Uh, it would be hard to play the Kings at the Kings and then bring them back to Toronto and then go out to play the Sharks and then bring them back to Toronto because you play every team in Well, the, I mean, you would be doing those back-to-backs like that, but I think divisional back-to-backs make a lot of sense. I think I when agree. we come yeah, back... I love it. I, I, I personally love the baseball style of schedule. When we come back to a, excuse me, to a full schedule and a full slate of games, uh, the league is going to be looking to maximize revenues whichever way it can be, and if that means they can cut expenses to do it, they'll do that. They'll cut travel expenses to say, you know what, let's schedule more back-to-backs. It's good for the fans. The fans like it when they know they've got two consecutive against Edmonton, let's say, so that they don't have to make it to the first game. They can do either or. And it'll cut down on travel and save some expenses that way. I think for the teams, it's going to just make sense. And I think at least for a year or two, we'll see it stick. And then we'll see if they have to change their mind on it after the fact. Have we touched, Paul, on everything that we have wanted to touch on for this week's broadcast? We haven't really talked about the Tony D'Angelo situation in the East. If you wanted to go touch on that. I was about to say, what is? Does anybody have any idea what happened to Tony D'Angelo? So I, I heard he he called uh, Gorgiev a yeah. Mexican. So um, I, I haven't heard this exactly. All I know is that after Gorgiev let in the game-winning goal the other day, D'Angelo said something to him, and the, <laughs> Gorgiev clocked him in the face. Apparently, somebody else punched him in the face. Apparently, Tony D'Angelo is a huge Trump supporter and MAGA fanatic, and uh, they are done with him. Yeah, now he's trying to get trade, or the Rangers are trying to trade him. Well, out. they waived him, right? So they're like, and he has now asked for a trade. Yeah, the weirdest thing is that Tony D'Angelo is really good at hockey. But what dressing room is going to take him in right now? I mean, if you listen to, uh, what's it called? Uh, there was a text, a big text that was sent out um, between a media a media analyst or specialist or something and one of his friends or one of his buddies. Um, but cleared waivers. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Uh, it sounds like... Um, he was talking to Chris Kreider and he said something along the lines of uh, what's with you getting all these offsides blue lines matter. Oh, um, no. Like, yeah. So, uh, and then Chris Kreider got really offended and kind of punched him in the face. It's just funny like that this guy plays just... for New York. Eh? Like, yikes. I would have expected it maybe in Dallas, but like New York, that makes me laugh. I mean, you know, they are kind of tough in New York. They have a reputation for not taking a lot of crap. I don't know if you know this. Yeah, so he yeah, told he told Gorgiev to go back to Mexico, and the joke is that Gorgiev is Russian because all Russians are from Mexico. Yeah, Alexander Ovechkin, best Mexican player to ever play in the NHL. Yeah, I, it's a hot take. I'll put it out there. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's everything, uh, Danny. What we got coming up? All right. Um. Well. Uh, if that's it for this week's topics, I'm going to hit the button because it's time for... It's the 
FanCast Forecast. The FanCast Forecast, where we call and predict the games that are coming up this week. I have an issue with our FanCast Forecast format, by the way. What's the issue? Because you call the Leafs going 3-0 last week, and I call them going 2-1. But because I got the order wrong on which game they were going to lose to Edmonton, I actually finished 1-2 and two on predictions this week, where you technically finished 2-1, and one, even though I got the record right. How do you figure? Um, Because you're bad at predicting things. Okay, this is stupid. But we're going to do it anyway, because... We listen to Paul the Caveman Cavaretta around here. Why? Because I... Don Collins thinks I'm smart. Anyway, Don Collins isn't here anymore. So there's that. No pandering. Just truth. <sighs> All I, right. You know what, Danny? How about I give you both of my predictions first? Then you can decide what you want to do. I'll tell you what we're predicting. Two games against the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, this coming Thursday and Saturday. Paul? I have... The Toronto Maple Leafs. The red-hot Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep. Proving to us why I doubt Freddie Anderson. I have Vancouver taking the first game. Okay. Danny makes a good case on that, though. (laughs) What, it's a D&D-related black eye? Are we still on a black eye? Absolutely. And because I'm so bold. Oh, let's go. I believe in the power of Michael Hutchinson. Oh, my God. Hutch isn't going to start. Frederick Anderson is going to get pulled in the second game, and Hutchinson is going to come in, and unfortunately, we're still going to lose. Oh, and two this week, I'm calling it. Wow. Okay. Uh... So what are you saying? You're saying two consecutive losses for the Maple Leafs against... I think they're 0-2 this week. Yep. True Maple Leafs fashion, ride high and then fall low. So the way the FanCast forecast works is that Paul calls each game, and so he's called a loss and a loss. Now, I've got to call these games. I think the Leafs are going to go 1-1, but I'm not going to pass up an opportunity to get two games in front of the caveman. So officially, I am calling two wins consecutively for the Leafs against the Canucks. Uh, Suck it, Vancouver. Suck it, Klein. Your team is trash. Toronto. We're going to be here on Monday, and that's going to be the game we win. Because we we have a watch party on Monday. Watch party next Monday, Toronto versus No, I'll take it, because if you're calling 0-2 and and I call 2-0, even if we go 1-1... We're tied. <laughs> yeah, that's the type of talk that gets you a black eye. Oh, Harry. Hilarious of you. It's not that bad. I mean, it's not that good. It's, it's, a great, it's a great story. I cannot wait to tell you. I've actually heard this story before, and I know exactly what it is. And if I keep talking, Denny's going to shut this off because he doesn't want anybody to know. I don't. Um, <laughs> I, I do not. All right, so in the FanCast forecast... I have been spending all my time at home. I haven't left the house. I did this at home. It was either, it was either A, a uh, tragic kitchen accident, B, a hilarious pot smoking accident, C, um, this was actually caused by my Alexa, like indirectly, but potentially, and um, 
I don't know. I'll come up with something else. Either way, uh, find out Thursday night what happened to my face this week. There's that. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I don't even think I gave you the right answer, but there's that. Nope. Nope. It was a combination of all of them. Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah. Paul the Caveman Cavaretta, we have had a great night tonight talking Maple Leafs hockey. Um, couple things. before. Yeah, I hit myself in the face with my bong and that gave me a black eye. Harry, the actual answer is so much funnier. Um, announcements and things to consider. So, we have a week of great content on Bing Pot TV. Tomorrow is Jackbox Night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I will be joined uh, by the very charming Cairo McDonnell. Paul, I think you've heard of her. Oh, uh, what's she doing with you? We are playing Jackbox tomorrow. Cairo cool. will be on stream with me. And, uh, man, as far as, like, hysterical women from Canadian radio go. Uh, Cairo is is on her way quickly to being at the top of that list, uh, or at hmm. least in the top 10. So she'll be on tomorrow for Jackbox. Wednesday uh, is a writing room Wednesday to be determined who I'm having on with me. I've got to figure that out in the next couple of days. Paul, you want to write something? You can be here Thursday. That's nice. Uh, Harry, Thursday is trivia night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Looking forward to having you here as well. And then D&D, uh, back in action Friday at 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific. Ryan Starfire, come and play Jackbox with us tomorrow. Paul the Caveman Cavaretta. Is there anything else that you would like to say to this room? Bye, guys. Ah. Okay, bye, guys. Uh, it's been great. Thank you for checking out the Leafs Fancast. For the fans, by the fans, we're not athletes. We're not experts. We're just fans. Good night, guys. Ah, Paul, we did so great. Wasn't it a great show? It was so good. Tell me how you really feel. Huh? Tell me how you really feel. Why did that not work?